Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week, we are dedicated to, to bringing you the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life uh, through interviews and practical instruction in a fun and accessible way. Uh, I am Craig Cooper, lead pastor of Crosswinds and the host of this podcast. And let me give a special shout out to Elijah Merrill, who is our producer. We're going to do something different today. Uh, I've invited uh, Ryan Samuels, who is, is part of our church staff, to come and interview me. Uh, so I was trying to figure out, as the host, how do you interview yourself? And I realized you don't. And so we brought him on. Ryan, thanks for coming and being a part of this special uh, interview of the host, if you will. I'm excited to take control of the ship for a little bit. <laughs> you do have control. Not as much control as Elijah, <laughs> Elijah as a producer. Yeah, he can shut me off at any time. Anytime, anytime. Uh, but uh, Brian, thanks for being here. And I am going to do something I'm not used to doing in the podcast. This is uh, episode like uh, 21. Mm-hmm. And for 20 of the, of the podcasts, I have actually uh, been the one asking the yeah. questions. And so I'm going to be quiet here for a minute and let you take control. Well, so, uh, you know, a lot of people may not know, but you are the lead pastor, as you just uh, had said. But we're going to go through some questions. And one of the first questions is, I think this is a fun one, but how did you get connected to Crosswinds? You know, I was thinking about this, and my my original answer was going to be just talking about when I was uh, called upon Mm -hmm. uh, by the board uh, to put my name in and, and sort of start that conversation about possibly becoming lead pastor. But I realized several years before that, um, the church here was in a transition, and I was contacted. I don't know if it was by a district superintendent. I'm not really sure um, whether I would be interested in putting my name in. I um, was, at the time, in Wisconsin at a church called Red Cedar. I had been there for for several years. And uh, uh, anyway, we, we investigated the church, Kristen and I did. And uh, and decided that it wasn't time for us to move from Red Cedar. So we said, no, it's, it's not time for us to do that. So I actually was approached twice, um, but hmm. several years later was approached, you know, for for this time and, and felt like it was, it was something that the Lord was leading me to do, to enter into the process. When the board brought us out here, I was walking through the children's wing here at on campus, on our Canandaigua campus, and I looked at the children's wing, and I said, you know, I started laughing. I said, man, this, this really reminds me of back at Red Cedar, our children's wing. To which Krista said, well, of course it does. When you were contacted, you know, years ago, and we looked into the church, she said, I was impressed by the way that the children's area looked. And we had modeled our children's area at Red Cedar really? off of Crosswinds. I did not know that. I didn't know until then <clears throat> I either. I did not know that at all. And so, uh, so yeah, so we, we had sort of a... An interesting uh, connection that way, and and then of course you know through the through district superintendents the way that the denomination works and all that stuff, um, the board and I were able to connect. We came out here, did a visit, sort of a secret visit at that time, then candidated, and just knew this was where God what God had for us. And I, I'm not just saying this, um, but to be honest with you, I I felt as home I felt at home here, and I think our family did quicker than anywhere else. Um, where we've served, and so it was. It was just sort of, uh, you know, just a way that God just cemented the fact that this is where I've called you. I didn't. I did not know. As as some of you may know, some of you may not. I am his son-in-law. Yes. I had no clue that you had been introduced to this church before you came here. With that being said, I know you have a very unique story of coming to Christ. Uh, 
And how about you share a little bit of what your story um, is about of you coming to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it is a little unusual. I'm not really sure. I, I call myself um, a Christian child of unchristian parents. They, 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 they weren't in Christ. But they both had enough of a spiritual upbringing where they felt it was important to drop me and my brother off at Sunday school. Now, most churches wouldn't even allow this today, um, but they literally dropped us off. Like, they didn't go mm-hmm. to church. They just dropped us off for Sunday school and then would pick us up afterwards. And, uh, and so my introduction to church was, I mean, my memories have always been me going to church and my family not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of a wild thing. Um, but I gave my life to Christ. A friend in, in uh, I believe it was uh, kindergarten, Matthew Warsham, invited me to a vacation Bible school, which was a week-long program for kids. Um, and I went to his church for that. And I remember uh, a man coming in, an older gentleman, who knows how old he was at the time. I was five. <laughs> he was probably younger than me, and I thought he was ancient. But but came in and shared the gospel in a way that I understood it. And I remember he, he said, is anyone here, who, you know, one who would receive Christ as Lord and Savior? And uh, I said yes. I remember a little girl, for whatever reason, I remember her said yes, too. And so a lady, you know, talked with her, and this gentleman talked with me. And I didn't know any Christianese or any of those type of things. So he spent a lot of time making sure I understood what he was talking about. But but that, that was the day. I, I gave my heart and life to Christ, and I still have the Bible they gave me. Uh, I couldn't read, uh, but they gave me this nice King James Bible, and I had it and still still have it. I don't know if I've ever read that one ever, um, but uh, I've, of course, read other other versions since. But, but, um, but yeah, that's how I gave my life to Christ, and my spiritual journey was sort of that way that, you know, God brought people in the church who were sort of spiritual parents mm-hmm. who, who mentored me. And uh, my, my parents didn't, so I was five. My parents didn't become uh, Christians until I was 15. And so for, you know, 10 years, yeah. a decade, uh, I can remember praying that they would come to Christ. I, I did things like I joined the, the kids' choir at the church, knowing that if I was singing, that family members would come and see me. Uh, and trust me, that was an act of love because I, I love music, but I am not good at, at singing. Um, but, yeah, they, they were very supportive in that way. And we became sort of the, the traditional, before they even came to Christ, the traditional, you know, they would come at Christmas mm-hmm. and Easter, you know. And so I have a special place in my heart for people who come at Christmas and Easter only, you know, sure. you know, that they would come to Christ and, you know, have an active relationship with him. Uh, but yeah, you know, when I was 15, uh, mom came to Christ, my brother came to Christ, my dad came to Christ. I mean, it was, it was, it was a, a whole... Uh, whole transformation of our family. And what I love by about that, I mean, beyond the fact that, that obviously my family now are, are with Christ, you know, is the fact that my kids and my grandkids mm-hmm. have no idea. They don't have this long, huge Christian pedigree, but they don't. You know, we're, we're a first-generation Christian family. And it, gave, it gives me, um, gives me a, a unique perspective, if you will, uh, of, of those who don't know Christ, because most of my family, you know, growing up didn't either, and uh, and how to relate Christ to them. I mean, it was just sort of an everyday thing for me as a young believer being discipled. So, you know, I'm thankful for youth pastors, Sunday school teachers, I mean, just just all those who poured in me. Thankful for whatever reason my mom and dad dropped me off at church. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's my journey, you know, just sort of... The other part I, I would say, too, which is interesting, is... I just took everything at face value. So when I learned something about a Christian principle or the way the church was to, re- was to act or react, I just figured that was natural. Right. 
And so I didn't really realize that there were problems in church until really, to be honest with you, almost to the end of my college career. Hmm. I just thought everyone got along. Everyone sort of loved each other. I mean, you know, you have your problems and stuff in student ministry. We're all teenagers trying to figure out life. But I just thought church really wasn't as messy as it is. And it was probably toward the end of college that I realized, you know, church is a sacred mess. We're messy. Sure. And God is sacred. And he does something beautiful with the mess when we give ourselves to him. But I, I was really sort of living in this world of ignorance, of uh, which was good, I guess. Do you, th- uh, do you think that comes from <clears throat> becoming a Christian at such a young age and going into it with, <clears throat> you know, innocence and seeing it from a, a childlike perspective for your whole childhood almost? Yeah, I, I think it's part of that. And I think it's, you know, the other thing was too, um, my family just was who they were. And so, you know, there was no, you know, like no church politics ever came into our home. They weren't even going to church. And when, he, when I went into church, I was 15. And so in some ways, I was a spiritual leader of the home. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember coming back with my wife and um, f- back down to Florida um, from where we were serving in Illinois. And we're getting ready to have dinner and dad prayed. For the meal, it blew my mind. I never heard my dad pray before, and so that sort of gives you an idea of as they're growing in Christ and seeing that all happen. But I, I never had a church. A church pol- I didn't even know there was such a thing as church politics. I didn't know there was such a thing as as, as those type of conflicts. And so it, it allowed me, in a lot of ways, to understand God's word. And then later, when I started to realize people are people, struggling, mm-hmm. right? Um, but here's the idea: this is what God's called us to strive for. Um, but um, people are messy. I'm messy. You're messy, and and um, that's different than hypocrisy, right? Hypocrisy is me saying I'm not messy. I'm perfect. Be like me, and knowing I'm not. Messy is simply admitting, not not using it as an excuse, but we're all on a journey to become like Christ. We're not there yet, but we're coming like Him, and it gives me it gives me a, 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 a sort of a mindset to give a, offer a lot more grace. Yeah. <clears throat> a quick question on that. What did your spiritual disciplines and your inductive Bible study look like as a, a child into adolescence, into teenhood, and then into an adult amongst... Because I have a... a <clears throat> my family also doesn't you know, have a faith background, but what did your spiritual disciplines and your mentorships look like coming into that age of a family who is a new believing family or not at all? Yeah. You know, everything was new to me. And so I, I, I was eating it up. I mean, I, I can remember, you know, um, in kindergarten, I mean, that's probably my first memories, maybe. Maybe even a little before that. But, yeah, I guess it was a little before that. I can remember um, the B-I-B-L-E was a song we would sing, and we'd all be able to get the instruments. I was probably four, right? And, and that's how we started off our time, which sounds very noisy, uh, and it probably was. But, um, but, like, you know, I was excited about that. I just remember being excited about the things of God. And uh, because I wasn't forced mm-hmm. into this relationship with God, I mean, my parents, I, I, I still this day, I asked them um, later in life, I said, I said, why did you drop us off? They said, is this what we felt we needed to do uh, for whatever reason? Right. So they had no expectation. They weren't sending me there so I would know Jesus. They just thought that was a good thing. And so, you know, I joke and said, you know, when other people were rebelling by doing things they shouldn't have done, in some ways, I think I was rebelling by doing things at church. I remember my mom one time and dad saying, you know, we're, we're taking you there too much. It was my teen years. You know, we're dropping off. You know, you're just there too much. You know, and, I, and, and now they, you know, um, I laugh about that. <laughs> and years later, they laughed about it because, I mean, that's not a bad thing, right? Of all right. the things I could have been doing. Right. You know, and so 
I mean, that's not to say I didn't I didn't rebel in other ways. I mean, I certainly did. I, I, I had a nor- normal teenager life in some ways, but but I'm just saying that you know because of the mentors who came into my life. You talk about spiritual disciplines. You know, I just the other day pulled out a book off my shelf, um, a concordance. And was reminded that that was given to me by my junior high youth pastor. Hmm. Right in, he says, I hope you use this for years and that it helps you grow in Christ. And here I am using it years yeah. later. Um, and, uh, you know, that was Don Bragg. And then when I got, when we moved to Florida, I had a, my high school youth pastor and his wife mentored me. And, you know, I learned what it meant to study scripture. I learned what it meant to be a part of a small group. I was in small groups from high school all the way up. And so, again, these were things that the spiritual disciplines for me were, were, were presented as ways. This is how you grow in Christ. This is what Christians do. And since I wasn't, I didn't have the rebellion, I didn't have to rebel against it because I wasn't forced to do it, um, I ate it up. And so, you know, my, my, I was introduced to prayer in high school. I was introduced to, to the pattern of prayer that I still use today, the Lord's Prayer, um, from, my, uh, from, my, from the lead pastor of that church. And uh, evangelism, sharing our faith. I, I, just, I was never told that was an option. Uh, and so um, it just became a natural part of who I am. It doesn't mean that I, I didn't get nervous or that right. I'm extremely good at doing it. I'm not, I'm not trying to say any of that. I'm just saying the disciplines just became a, a more natural part of my life. Not that I don't struggle with them. Yeah. I don't mean it that way. Um, but I'm thankful that I had those mentors who, who taught me the, the disciplines of sharing my faith and being in the Word and prayer <clears throat> and fellowship with others, the importance of Christian community yeah. um, because and the necessity of it. Because if I didn't have Christian community, I wouldn't have grown in Christ because my parents were good parents. They weren't spiritual parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the, ter- on the thinking of, you know, mentors and, and people in our life who had an impact – this next question is one is a favorite, I think, of all of ours that have been on the show, and um, I'm going to ask it to you. So this is your first time being able to answer this. Um, if you could have a spiritual conversation with anyone, living or dead, other than Jesus, who would you like to chat with and why? You know, I, I, uh, I really wrestled with this one. I mean, I, I'm still wrestling with it. I, I, I have like, man, maybe a dozen names. Mm-hmm. I know I can't go through all of them. Um, but, you know, a couple of people, I, I have to break it down to a couple of people. Yeah. I, I would love to sit down with Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, and, and just just hear him discuss with me in his words, right? Of course, you know, um, just Romans. Mm-hmm. You know, talk to me, talk to me about, you know, how it came about. I mean, we know God inspired it, but but talk to me. I mean, this is the, it's my favorite book in the Bible. Um, he's the human author, God being the divine author, and, and I would just love to to ask him questions because a lot of times, you know, commentaries say this is what Paul meant, and so forth. How cool would it be to say, well, this is what I meant. I, I know God, you know, gave me the words, and this is where this is where I was coming from. I would love to do that. You know, another individual who I would I would love to sit down with, sort of closer to our time, is D. L. Moody. Um, you know, he passed obviously before we were born. I mean, you know, he's living during the Civil War era. But um, but I would love to sit down with him. And, and the reason I'd love to sit down with him is because he's like he's not educated really. He's a successful business person, sure. but but he's not he's not educated in, in the way that we would look at education. Um, he was sort of a, a just a everyday type of person that God used in a spectacular way, you know, mm-hmm. to to advance the kingdom and. Um, I would just love to sit with him and just hear from him his journey, his struggles, his, 
you know, his personal disciplines, yeah. you know, and, and that type of thing. And so, you know, there are two individuals, it's interesting, but they're really polar opposite in the sense that, you know, Paul was highly educated. Yep. Um, when you, except for the fact he was a Christian killer when he started out, um, that makes him a little unexpected. Um, but when you look at his pedigree, you can see why God would use him. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at D.L. Moody, He's on the other side of the spectrum. You go, you go well, I'm not sure why. You know, he doesn't have any of the any of the credentials except sold out for Jesus. Yeah. And so I probably relate more to Moody than Paul. I I, I would I would aspire to be as as well educated and, and have, you know, sort of the list of things that, that he had on his on his um resume, so to speak. But um but I probably relate more to DL Moody. I, I see myself as sort of not having Tons of gifts and these type of things, but with the few I have, saying Lord, um, use them. You know, in your yeah. hands, in your hands, little as much. Yeah. And D.L. Moody said that type of thing. He said, you know, really, you know, uh, when when asked one time, you know, how why God was using him, um, he said, all I can say is I've said yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I <clears throat> I was thinking about just thinking about that question for you, knowing you is someone who is such a uh, a, a book buff, I guess. I don't know the right word for it, but there's so many people that you have talked about in your life that have been, I don't know, catalysts of, you know, point of view changes or, or mentality changes. And so it's really, it's really interesting to hear. I, I, I thought Paul, that was one of the people, cause I knew Romans was your favorite book in the Bible, but um, it's always nice to hear from someone who does have like, like you said, dozens yeah. Of people that are in your life to hear what you would pick as your top, I don't know, maybe not top two, but definitely two that you're like, these is what I'm going to solidify. I mean, here's the reality. If I could have our opportunity with Wesley, Whitfield, Tozer, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, you know, Calvin even. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on of, of Christian leaders. I would, I would, Constantine, I mean, go all the way back, right? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Augustine. Uh, all these people would have been interesting people to sit down with. I say Constantine just because of the history of being mm-hmm. the first Christian Roman emperor. I'd love to sit down and say, are you a believer? You know, talk right. to me about what this means. And, and uh, there's a ton of people. But those two just stick out mainly um, because I find myself drawn to Paul's writings a lot. And I find myself always chuckling at D.L. Moody's quotes. I mean, it, it, he just, he just. He's your quote guy. Yeah, and he, he's, you know, he's the one. One time, uh, someone came up and, and tried to correct his grammar and his message, and Moody said, "You know, you know, how do you preach?" And the guy said, "Well, I don't preach." And Moody said, well, "I like the way I preach better than the way you don't." In other words, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, and one time he he said, you know, um, someone else was trying to. I guess his grammar was bad because someone really, which yeah. mine isn't great here, but he came and tried to correct him. And um, and Dale Moody and Dale Moody said, it, "If you only understood the things that you know, basically, I don't say, which would even be right. worse. You know, you would be impressed with what I said, type thing." And others have said similar type of stuff. But Moody just ch- makes me chuckle because he was really honest about who he was, mm-hmm. and uh, and and understood much like a Billy Graham who was asked, you know, why did God use you? And he said, "Because God chose me, and not because I'm special, not because I'm unique." But Dale Moody was of the same an authentic uh, believer, yeah, which is just, what we want to. Yeah, just understand we're totally dependent on God, and at the end of the day, it's not what we bring to the table, it's what he brings to the table that that, that can make a difference, not just in our life, but through our life. And and that's sort of a message that that sort of really um, is at the heart of what God's called me to share with others. Well, as we wind down um, here, this last question, 
which is more of not necessarily a question, but more of like something that you can offer to us listeners is um, what last words of advice would you give to our listeners that listen throughout our weeks and months? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I'd say something twofold. Um, uh, speaking to both the Christian and maybe the person out there who's yet to receive Christ, mm-hmm. um, it will hold true to both of them. It's just the understanding, and this is something that sort of um, the Lord is 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 taking me to a deeper place in my own life. It is, and I was sharing this even with the staff about a week ago, and going to share it with our board tonight. Um, that you know, what what we do for Jesus is with Him, and even last weekend in the message I shared, and when you hear this, it won't be last weekend because yeah. this is recorded before. Um, before it'll be released by a few weeks or so, but um, but I said you know it's not like Jesus saved us and then sa- and then went to the fin- South Sea at the finish line. Yeah, he's with us the whole way, and, and that's a profound truth that he's with us the whole way. And when you add to that the fact that he loves us so profoundly that the Scripture says that God is love, that when you if you want to know what love is, just look at Jesus. It's a, it's a it's just this profound reality that the one with us loves us so deeply. And, you know, there's two ways that we can wrestle with that. You know, some of us may wrestle with that. And because we feel like maybe we are a little bit lovable, we don't understand how profound God loves us. Yeah. And then the other way we can look at that is we don't see ourselves lovable at all. And we wonder, how can he love us? But this is what I'd share with everybody. God's love for you isn't determined on how you feel your worthiness is of being loved. It's totally determined on the one who's loving you. Yeah. And, and, and I was, I was um, just reading the other day about this, and again, it's interesting. When God's doing a work in you and you know, bringing, trying to drive a point home, he, every, everything around you starts to be a part of that, right? And so I was reading the other day, and it was talking about a father's love. And I get that, you know, as a father and a grandfather, how you love your kids and your grandkids and, and how, you know, they know you love them. I mean, I think my kids would say, no, I know you love us. And I think my grandkids feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, they, but they'll never understand how deeply. Yeah. They, they just can't comprehend it. And, and me... Um, a fallen human being, saved by God, but but still becoming like Jesus, but not like Jesus. Mm-hmm. The work won't be finished till Jesus returns. If I love that profoundly, think about how much more, how much immeasurably more our Heavenly Father loves us. Yeah. And and I say that because if, if it's a person out there who's yet to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, come to the one who loves you profoundly. You know, and I'll have people say, well, if he loves me, then why am I going through such difficulty? Again, don't define God's love by the difficulties you've gone through. Define God's love by the difficulties he went through for you. Yeah. You know, like, like all the difficulties we go through are involuntary. Like, I don't choose to go through difficult situations. Right. You know, but Jesus did. He, he you know, humbled himself and took upon his... Humanity, you know, upon his divinity, humanity is born in humble means in a stable. He lives his life on earth. He, he does so to die on the cross for our sins and be resurrected for our salvation. He went through all this difficulty because he loves us. Mm-hmm. And so I would, just, I would just encourage, I was going to say challenge, but more so encourage people. If you don't know Christ, really think about how much God loves you. And let that love draw you to him. 
And if you're in Christ, think about how much God loves you. And instead of every day thinking about how you don't measure up, think about how Christ did everything he did so that you would know his love and do life with him. You know, and and I think uh, I I think that just draws me to to want to know God more. It draws me to want to make Him known, and so you know, I just encourage everyone out there just just consider that if you're in Christ, He's with you. So all the things you do for Him, he, you're doing with Him, uh, and many times carrying us right yeah. uh, through those times. But also just the profound love that God has to draw us to Him to offer this opportunity for eternity with Him, and and that it starts today you know, that profound love of God. And so, um, you know, it ties into sort of my mission statement, my personal mission statement is, you know, anything short of sin, uh, to call people into an active relationship with Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean I walk the line of sin. It just means if it's not sin, it's it's on the table because I think, you know, um, I would do anything I can within the scriptures of saying that's okay to do, Craig, mm-hmm. for people to understand God, how much God loves them and to be in that relationship with him. So I just encourage them to investigate that even more. Yeah. Well, it's. I wish we had more time. I know that we'll get to hear a little bit more of uh, your lead pastor role and how what your thoughts are on um, this area and, and crosswinds itself. But it was a joy to be able to hear a little bit more of your personal story, and the hope is that maybe later down the line, I don't know. I'm I'm teasing something. I'm no <laughs> probably not doing. I don't know. But I would love to hear a little bit more of in depth of your story. Well, even more. Tune into the next podcast, yeah. right? Tune, Tune in. into the next podcast, and, and we'll go a little deeper into my call and, and sort of my heart as, as lead pastor of Crosswinds. But, but for now, uh, I, we're gonna we're gonna call this a, a take. Um, but I want you to know that I appreciate the time that you take um, listening to this podcast. I hope it's beneficial to you. Uh, I do encourage you to join us next week. Um, remember to check us out at crosswinds.church. That's where you can find out all things. Uh, crosswinds. But for now, be blessed and bless others.